from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Thank you, Brandon Banks, and welcome back to The Joy of Booking. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, I hope you are well. I hope those you love are doing well. I'd like to talk to you to begin this episode, as I'm getting myself settled here, <clears throat> about uh, one of the banes of my existence. And um, I mean that, of course, I mean that, of course, in jest. Um, you'll get that especially once I tell you what what said bane of my existence is. But currently... If I had to pick a bane of my existence, it would be children. Now, DC, I hear you saying uh, you're a teacher. I don't think you're allowed to find children to be the bane of your existence. I'd like to point out these are not my students. My students are not the bane of my existence. I enjoy my students. Um, Though as it is the summer of 2022, at some point, I will say I do not miss my students yet. That'll come later. Uh, But there is a large group. We live in a pretty big apartment complex in a um, suburban area. We are 20 minutes from a major city. Uh, And so there are quite a few uh, families that live in this area, which means there are quite a few children that live in this area. And because we live... We, we don't have a cul-de-sac necessarily, but we are far from the main uh, part of the driveway. Uh, so I think the kids feel safe congregating in this area. So there are any number uh, between 4 and 110 on any given day. And they like to play directly outside our windows. Uh, we have a first floor apartment, and so... Uh, The living room bay window looks out over the driveway, and the room in which I am recording this podcast looks out over the driveway. And there have been times where I'll look out my window, and I can see uh, children that if I, you know, if I were able to open our screen, I think our screens are kind of locked in place. I'm sure I could punch one out. Uh, But if I could reach out the window, I would be able to, you know, tussle the hair of these playful scamps who are loud and playing games that they argue about the rules and they're just being children but I would and and so they're not the bane of my existence it's just the choice of the locale of which they're playing you can probably hear them they're fairly close by it's you know dusk right now uh, and they're fairly close by so these children are currently uh, the bane of my existence, and I thought I'd start this episode of the Cruiserweightish Classic uh, by sharing that information with you. We have four more groups of uh, brackets to do, four more pages to get through. We're doing something different this time. We're doing a uh, round-robin tournament, groups of four. Uh, we'll eventually have first, second, third, fourth for each of those groups. And then we'll lump those people together, and uh, those who come in first will do battle, second, third, fourth, and so on. And we'll just keep going uh, until eventually we have a winner. Eventually. 
Uh, so now that I've shared the bane of my existence uh, and apologized for any loud behavior, let me take a sip of my buble blueberry pomegranate, which, while tasty going down, and I've mentioned this, I think, on the airwaves before, the aftertaste makes me think of pastrami which is not a flavor you want necessarily associated with your beverage. I don't think anyone's made a pastrami cocktail. I don't know what exactly it is. Is it the berry? Because, you know, the ingredients here are water and natural flavor. I'm assuming they did not put uh, pastrami in here. So there must be something about the blueberry pomegranate that is similar in taste profile to one of the flavoring agents of a pastrami sandwich. I don't know if it's... We could look it up, but that would be a whole other tangent. And I already said without any further ado, and now here I am a-doing away. A-do-do-do. Do-do. Do-do. Our number one seed to kick off this page is Cody Rhodes. Now, I know what you're thinking. Cody Rhodes is not, uh, nor has ever been, a cruiserweight, but he technically falls under the category um, because A, his weight would put him in this area, and B, he is smaller in physical stature than Buddy Matthews. And if Buddy Matthews is a cruiserweight, Thus, Cody Rhodes is a cruiserweight. So we're going to be talking about Cody in this tournament, not the middleweight tournament that, of course, will be coming at some point in the future. He'll be taking on our 16th seed. Oh, oh, we're starting out with a bang-bang here, friends. Uh, This is a matchup that it's possible that we could see. Both of these men are employed by the WWE system. Um, and interestingly enough, Cody's last feud before tearing his pectoral was against Seth Rollins. And I believe this man came out of the Seth Rollins training school, Nathan Frazier. So our first matchup to kick off this episode is Cody Rhodes versus Nathan Frazier. I want to watch that match. You want to watch that match. Hopefully someday we'll get to watch that match. Our number eight seed, this is a good bracket right here. This is a very good bracket. Uh, He is, at the current moment, the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. I am guessing that is not going to be the case for much longer. I believe he's wrestling Claudio at an upcoming pay-per-view. And I'm going to guess he's going to lose that title to Claudio. But maybe I'm wrong. His name is Jonathan Gresham. So we have Cody and Frazier and Gresham in this bracket. Gresham is taking on our number nine seed. This matchup could happen as well. They're both... One's in Ring of Honor, which means he's technically in AEW. The other one's in AEW. Tony Nice, Cody, Frazier, Gresham, and Nice. What an epic start to our episode here, whichever number episode this is. I've long forgotten. Uh, we will give Cody the win, of course, over Frazier. Um, you know, 
we can't, as in many, many other tournaments that we have done, we can't judge on potential. Um, so Cody's got the win for now, and we'll give Gresham the win over Tony Nese. The interesting thing about this is that I can tell probably that Tony Nese is going to come in last in this. Um, he is probably going to do very, very well in that group, that last group, the group of fours, I'll call them, uh, because some of these other people who are in last place are not good. And Tony Nice is very good. He just doesn't happen to be uh, very, very good to great. And these other three, I'm, I am super high on Nathan Frazier. If we did a draft for the future, uh, he'd be somebody that I would be putting some money on. Uh, even though I can't remember seeing him in a while. Is he hurt? I don't know. I'm not also watching regular wrestling, uh, so I suppose that's it. Our number four seed... Again, we have these are all current wrestlers. This is a wrestler who recently switched promotions and returned home uh, to New Japan. Possibly underseeded here as a number four seed. His name is Kushida, the time splitter himself. Uh, a multi time, multi time um, junior heavyweight champion. And, uh, Excuse me. In New Japan. And maybe that's it. If we consider all of these people junior heavyweights, they all qualify. Uh, cruiserweight is probably a misnomer. We should probably be calling them junior heavyweights, which would fit for all of this. But regardless, uh, Kushida will be taking on Jado and all Japan, except New Japan. All Japan is a different promotion. Uh, Kushida versus Jado. And then we have our five seed. Again, still, I'm pretty sure Jado still wrestles. Uh, our number five seed also still wrestles one half of, I think, the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Also technically kind of more in that junior heavyweight style. I've been high on Carl Anderson. I don't much care for Doc Gallows, but Carl Anderson's very good. Taking on our number 12 seed, Teoman. This is all current wrestlers. Teoman, of course, um was the leader of his stable Di Familia in NXT UK. Again, not that I have watched. I should catch up. Uh, I'm pretty sure that stable is going to be Charlie Dempsey's if it isn't already. Uh, Kushida beats Jado. That is for sure. And Carl Anderson, while I don't like... Well, actually, I don't... I don't know. Do I like him? Do I not like him? Where do my index cards go? I have index cards and I put them like, so I have this three tiered wire rack that I'll, I'll let me paint a picture for you here. Um, I sit at a, a white corner style desk. So it is shaped much like the Superman symbol. Um, and I sit kind of what would be at the top of that. This is a desk that my wife had for probably college, and I have inherited it. Um, to my left is a small uh, set of two drawers on wheels. Um, on that is the mixer, a power strip with the plug for the uh, MacBook, the, the mixer, I'm pretty sure, 
and then it's got some USB cords for headphones and a uh, and my phone. And then I have this lovely little wooden sort of storage thing that has a shoe catalog I don't need. Let's do some cleaning while we're here. Uh, it's got a gift card. I asked, we're going, out, we're going way off the rails, but I'm into it. Um, I asked my parents once for a Verizon gift card for Christmas because I wanted to buy a new phone. Well, my parents, being of an older generation, uh, got me instead a wireless zone gift card. I don't even know if Wireless Zone still exists, but if it does, this is a $100 gift card that has been sitting here for years and years. Uh, I have a BJ's membership that expires. It doesn't say when it expires, but I've been a membership. I've been a member since 2020, so I'm assuming that has expired, but we'll save it. I've got some sticky notes. I've got lots of index cards. I've got a crochet hook for some. Oh, I use the crochet hook when the PlayStation remote dies or needs to be reset. I use the crochet hook. I've got some black Sharpies. I've got checkbooks and I've got the PlayStation uh, remote control that I had bought back when I wasn't playing video games, but was using it as before fire sticks. I was using it to, you know, watch television and I wanted the remote. So that's what's over here on this side. Back to the Superman table. I have this three tiered wire desk on the bottom shelf currently, which is just a wire frame. Uh, I've got a wireless keyboard, a wireless mouse, the Fire Stick remote, my dice in case I need to roll, uh, a pen. I thought this must be the only pen. Um, some nail clippers, a uh, popsicle stick. We have our make our own popsicles. We make lovely popsicles with orange juice, and then we took old actual store-bought strawberry popsicles, some of the organic real fruit kind, mashed those up. These are the sticks that you use to make those popsicles. Over off to the side, under the boom mic stand, is a deck of cards, a roll of tape, some change, the Skyrim uh, case for my video game, a couple of single dollar bills, a plastic bag that I don't need anymore, so that'll get chucked, a comb that I don't really use anymore, and uh, The Bizarre Truth, the book by Andrew Zimmerd, host of Bizarre Foods. So that's what's on the desk. Then up on the middle shelf is a little box that holds my external hard drives and five notebooks. Then on the top shelf is a laptop that's pretty much dead and the MacBook sitting on top of the laptop. Why I started to tell you this, I don't recall. Why was that necessary to tell you? I don't know. Um, I was talking about Carl Anderson and Teoman, and I gave Carl Anderson the win because he's had the longer career. Index cards. So under here, under where the wireless keyboard is, I thought, oh, another plastic bag. I thought I had a couple of index cards, and I think what happens is I try to Despite the fact that I just described all of the crap on here, I do try to keep it neat most of the time, at least the area that I'm using, that corner where the dollars and the Skyrim case is. is I'd have to stretch to reach for it, and I'm a lazy person. Um, 
but I had an index card that had all of the a schedule of when these podcasts are coming out because it's the summer. I'm doing a lot of pre-recording, so I'm trying to keep myself organized. And then there was a, a piece of paper, an index card, that had names of wrestlers that I wanted to put in the tournament. In our last episode, we added Kevin Von Erich um, to the tournament. Teo Mon made me talk about Charlie Dempsey. Charlie Dempsey, I don't think, is on this list. I don't think he's in the uh, cage match top 256 cruiserweights but I do want to find a home for him at some point that was what led to that uh, tangent you're welcome Kushida wins, Carl Anderson wins next up our number 6 seed is nope I, it says 11 because I went too far Elias, we are still still, this is an all active wrestler bracket for now uh, Elias, uh, is he Elias or is he Ezekiel? You pick which one you like best. Um, I do appreciate the fact that Ezekiel, and I know they're different people, but only one of them has been ranked, so you can replace whomever you want. If you want it to be Ezekiel with his Ultimate Warrior-style garb, you do that. If you like the bearded guitar-playing Elias, you go for that too. Elias is taking on our number 11 seed, Mark Andrews, we're still in the active range. This would be a fun matchup here. I would love for WWE to do some sort of random matchups. Not even Lethal Lottery, but just take all of the talents on your roster and just pull names out of a hat and give us, you know, we're never going to see Elias wrestle Mark Andrews, but that match might be really, really good. And then we have... Our number three seed, again, the streak continues, although I think he might be hurt right now. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly, our number three seed, and our number 14 seed, Johnny Swinger. Technically, I think Mr. Swinger is still part of the Impact roster, despite the fact that he looked old wrestling for, like, WCW in 2000, 2001. Um Elias versus Mark Andrews is interesting to me because uh, both of them, Elias has not had a huge amount of success. This whole Ezekiel thing, whether or not they are the same person, I'm, I'm not expert enough to, to judge that. This is the biggest thing he's ever done. Um, you know, there was a point where Jason Jordan was throwing tomatoes at him. Mark Andrews, not only is a former NXT UK tag team champion, but was it like is a legit cruiserweight with a huge career. I think he wins on the on its own. But I also haven't rolled any dice yet this episode. Now granted I'm only on page one. I haven't even finished page one and we're twenty minutes in. Because I decided to paint a picture for you. Oh, there's a Visa gift card that probably has $5 on it also here. I promise you I clean sometimes. Um, you know what? I'm going to give... I think we're going to find ourselves going away from the dice more. We're going to let Andrews get the win here. And then Kyle O'Reilly is going to easily defeat Johnny Swinger. Kyle O'Reilly... Again, falls into that group of my favorite types of cruiserweights. 
our last bracket for this page, our last group of four, our number two seed, we're still going. We can do it. We can make it. This could be an all-active bracket. Uh, he currently is the leader of Judgment Day for some reason, Finn Balor. That whole thing was weird. I'm assuming they needed it. They felt like they needed Edge to be a babyface, but Edge was doing such a great job with that stable, and it's uh, I, the whole thing is weird. Finn Balor's our number two seed, taking on our number ten seed, Teddy Hart. You know what? Teddy Hart's a bad guy. I am pretty sure Teddy Hart's a bad guy, and I'm not even going to look it up. So Teddy Hart is out, and the aforementioned Charlie Dempsey. In my dream world, in my perfect universe, Charlie Dempsey wrestles, despite also being the son of William Regal, Charlie Dempsey is also the brother of Bull Dempsey. And the Dempsey brothers have won thousands of titles in my perfect world. We're going to do Finn Balor versus Charlie Dempsey because that match would be amazing. And our number seven seed, Eddie Edwards. So we are technically, due to getting rid of Mr. Teddy Hart, no one will miss him, we are technically still in... 15 names have been active. We need this number 15 name to be an active wrestler, and this entire page is active, which to me is delightful. Our number 15 seed taking on Eddie Edwards is Fuego Del Sol. We did it, everyone. We did it. Uh, Balor beats Dempsey. Very similar to Cody versus Frazier five, ten years from now. Maybe, hopefully, a different story. And then Edwards, again, a junior heavyweight more than a cruiserweight, will get the win over Fuego Del Sol. And the ceiling fan nicely turned my page for me. Thank you, ceiling fan. Thank you, indeed. Uh, now we're going back to the other way. We're going to snake around here. So we're going to start with our number 15 seed and work our way back up. Our number 15 seed for this Anti-penultimate page, third to last, Trey Miguel. We're continuing the active streak. Trey Miguel, he's the guy who looks like Ricochet. Uh, he looks like Ricochet. He is part of, I believe he was part of the Rascals. It was him and Wesley and Nash Carter. And, you know... Lee and Carter went over to the WWE. Trey Miguel did not. Um, interesting how that works. Uh, Trey Miguel's good, but he is very much just a little ricochet. A less, uh, less expensive ricochet. And he's taking on our number seven seed, Primo Cologne. Again, I talked about Los Matadors, Shining Stars, Colognes, uh, I think in our last episode when we talked about his cousin Epico. Primo's very good. Very good. Our number 10 seed is James. Give pausing to let you try to figure out who's which James. Cowboy James Storm? The Sinister Minister, James Mitchell? Former U.S. President James Buchanan? No, no. They all had better chins than this one because... 
Making it onto this page is James Ellsworth as a number 10 seed. Full disclosure, I don't remember if he was. I think we may have come up when I was doing this. That may have been another bad guy, and I caught it and couldn't think of another cruiserweight and so went with James Ellsworth. He may have been, like, he technically may be a 16 seed, but you know what? That story was good. The fact that he made a career um, for as long as he did out of that was amazing. So good for James Ellsworth. But you're taking on our number two seed, who is... Okay, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, you can't make this stuff up. Technically, because I remember checking this. This one is legitimate. Technically, if you go to cage match and you look at the wrestlers and they're ranked and you just pick the cruiserweights out, technically within the top 32 is Hornswoggle. He has been rated enough so that he's within the top, you know, 100 to 150 wrestlers on cage match. 90% sure of that. So we are getting the greatest matchup of all time. It should main event 100 WrestleManias. James Ellsworth versus Hornswoggle. Let's roll for both of these, because this is such a weird bracket. This will be the one, when I talk about, I think I mentioned this in our last episode, when we talk about, you know, maybe needing to tweak things, because we have two really great names in the same bracket, and we want to figure that out, and we want to fix that, this is the kind of thing we're going to figure out, because you've got this bracket, which is not bad, but it's not great. And then you've got... I'm just kind of flipping through to see if I can think of a good example here. Whether it's Tyler Bate or the Hurricane or you know Jeff Hardy or Ricky Stark, somewhere along the line we will get to somebody who needs to be ranked higher and this will be where we go because this is not... This is a great main event, WWE main event pair of matches. Trey Miguel... Rolls a 23. That number seems to come up a lot. Primo rolls a 17. So we're going to give Trey the win over Primo. And then James Ellsworth versus Hornswoggle. One of them better roll double 20s. A 31 for James Ellsworth. Only a 19 for Swoggle. So despite the fact that this is probably not the best answer... We're going to give the win. I, I, I should make Hornswoggle the winner, but because I know we're going to be tweaking this particular bracket, we can move on. Our number 14 seed, I love this guy. Lash LaRue, the sideburns, the fact that he was kind of like trying to be Gambit except he had red hair. I was a fan of Lash LaRue. And he's taking on our number three seed, Jay White. Can't say I'm a fan of Jay White. Can't say I've seen a lot of Jay White. I've seen more Ring of Honor early days Jay White than I have seen this whole Switchblade thing, which to me means just it just feels like you're trying to be kind of like Finn Balor slash Kenny Omega, and it's not quite working. But I could be totally wrong on that. I freely admit I'm not very well knowledgeable on Jay White. Our number 11 seed is Trent Seven. 
uh, newly turned heel Trent Seven taking on our number six seed. Technically, Enzo Amore is a number six seed. Well, these are very easy here. Jay White gets the win, and Trent Seven gets the win. Trent Seven doesn't even look. Trent Seven looks bigger, bulk-wise, than Buddy Matthews. But technically, he counts as a junior heavyweight. Our number 12 seed is A.R. Fox. Somebody may have pointed out he recently made his AEW debut. Again, adding to my list, I'd love to watch all the episodes of Dark. I would love for that to be the only AEW I watch. Is I only watch Darker Elevation on my list. You know, I, I need to watch wrestling 40 hours a day to be, have any chance of catching up. A.R. Fox taking on Sammy Guevara in an all... AEW matchup there. Our number 13 seed is Flip Gordon. I'm pretty sure, remember when Flip Gordon was like the next big thing? We were sure Flip Gordon was going to be, um, you know, signed to NXT or AEW or something like that. And now... They don't even say. He wrestled in 2018. His Wikipedia page doesn't mention anything, but the fact that he suddenly stopped wrestling, that means he either retired or he's a bad guy. Let's see. Oh, maybe he's part of Ring of Honor? I don't know. Either way, Flip Gordon was great. The New Age Insiders knew him. They thought he was the next big thing. And now he's disappeared off the planet, as far as I can tell. And he is taking on X-Pac, which, again, would be a fantastic match. Uh, we will give Sammy the win over A.R. Fox. And, of course, we're going to give X-Pac the win over Flip Gordon. You know, the fact that X-Pac, Sean Waltman, is only a four seed, probably should be at least a two, if not possibly a number one. You want to talk all-time most influential cruiserweights or most, the like that whole thing with Razor set the world on fire. Um, you know, so say what you will about Sean Waltman, but he's a big deal. Uh, our number nine seed is Tiger Mask, and I think we are going with the original uh, tiger mask here. I'm pretty sure. Or, well, okay, let me think about this for a second. <sighs> I can't say I know a lot about Tiger Mask. I'm pretty sure Mitsuharu Masawa was Tiger Mask 2. And I know the I know of the original one, Sage, yes, I... I'm going to butcher his name. I haven't seen any of the newer ones, Russell. I haven't watched New Japan in a very long time. So this is one of those things where, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I don't know, does he belong in this tournament? Sure. Am I well informed about him enough to speak on him? No. But I also can't say that I have any other cruiserweight. The two cruiserweights on the list 
were Charlie Dempsey and Kevin Von Erich, and they both already have homes. So, in this case, I love that we're after half an hour and I'm still not done with two. I got two more brackets to do. Uh, I can't leave it blank. Let me glance at the WWE roster here. Is there someone from either NXT or NXT UK who probably isn't going to make the list? I love that it says Tiger Turan. We don't, we don't know his name. It's after 9 o'clock, friends. I'm fading. It's, it's entirely possible that we will not finish this on this episode, that we will just end after this because I spent so much time on tangents and finish this up in the next one because I am fading. I can feel it. Uh, have we done Jordan Devlin yet? I have to imagine that we have. He's not currently on the paper, so pardon me while I quickly scan all of the... Yep, we did Jordan Devlin. Okay, so J.D. McDonough, we did. Um, I'm imagining we did... Did we do A-Kid? Am I going to skin skin all these for A-Kid? What have I been watching? I've been watching 2002. Yep, we have A-Kid. I've been watching 2002. Not sure about that. Ooh, here's a name. Here's a name. Hold on. Let me scan. There is somebody I saw in my 80s quest who technically would qualify. I probably have quite a few, but one of them immediately comes to mind. Um, and I think he would qualify. I don't think we've seen him. You know what we're going to add? We are going to change this. Sorry to Tiger Mask. Uh, we are going to replace him with B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees. Uh, Brian Blair, I think I started way, you know, at one point I was watching from like 81 and he was in Florida. Now I'm watching 84 and he just got to mid-Atlantic, mid-South, one of those. Uh, let's make him be Brian Blair. Let's put B. Brian Blair in this, taking on our number eight seed, Oni Lorkin. Oni Lorkin uh, just announced, I'm pretty sure, within the last few days that he is uh, taking time away from wrestling. Good for him. Hope he comes back. He's very, very good. Biff Busick. Our number 16 seed is Super Callow. Fragilistic. Um, I was a great Bobby Heenan line during a Super Callow match. Let's go on another tangent because I am. I'm going to wrap this up. Let's go on another. No, let's do this match and then I'll go on a tangent. Uh, Super Callows are 16 seed, taking on our number one seed, John Morrison. John Morrison must be grateful he's not wrestling Rick Boogs. If you've been listening to my GM mode, uh, Stephanie McMahon, the GM of NXT UK, keeps booking John Morrison versus uh, Rick Boogs, and it's hilarious. Uh, 
Morrison will beat Callow. That I know. Let's roll for B. Brian Blair versus Oni Lorcan. B. Brian Blair, 23. Again, that number keeps popping up. Oni Lorcan, a 20. Very close matchup, but we will give the win to B. Brian Blair, who I'm sure had the longer and probably more successful career. All right, these two are done. I don't have the energy to keep going. We will do the last two in another episode. I think that's fair. I want to end tonight by talking about um, Gandhi. You know Gandhi. I want to tell you three things about Gandhi before we end our episode here. Um... Number one, fact one, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, peaceful protests, and the one he often did was the hunger strike. So understandably, Gandhi uh, was quite frail, being that he went on frequent hunger strikes. Fact two, uh, because of his hunger strikes, he was malnourished, I think we could safely say, and because uh, of the food that he chose to eat, um, his breath was not the best. Fact three, uh, Gandhi walked everywhere. And if you're someone who's ever walked a great distance, you know that that can have a rough effect on your feet and give you, um, you know, hardened foot bottoms from all of that walking. So I want to just take a moment for us to remember Gandhi, that super calloused, fragile, mystic hexed with halitosis. I think Bobby Heenan would appreciate that. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I love you all desperately. Have yourselves a great week. Uh, I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking.